Hi everyone, welcome to the Reitzel Brothers Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Curtis. We are the co-hosts of this podcast. We are investor-focused realtors working with our clients to help them build massive wealth in real estate. This is a place where we talk about real estate investing, wealth, and giving back. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and join our private real estate investor group on Facebook called the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club. Links are in the description. Enjoy this episode. Hey, what's going on everyone? It's Matt Reitzel and Kurt Reitzel with today's episode of Ask the Reitzel Bros. So we had somebody from our investor club, they reached out to us, they're looking at some different investment options and they said, I'm thinking to invest in a single family property, what do I need to consider? So this is a great question actually. Single family has definitely been sort of our our specialty over the last couple of years. Just to start off, like if you're considering buying a single family property, first thing, this might seem obvious to a lot of people, and uh, do you have your down payment ready? I think having a having your a conversation with a mortgage broker who specializes in investment real estate is gonna be a big factor here right off the hop. And if you don't have your down payment ready, how do you get yourself into a position to have your down payment ready, okay? So that'd be the first thing I would wanna consider. Now, another thing mentally here is, are you okay with investing in the long term? Real estate, generally speaking, is definitely more of a long-term investment. And I would say there is typically less cash flow. So if you're buying like a townhouse or a condo or a detached home, usually the cash flow is gonna be less in comparison to a multifamily with three units or 10 units or a student property or those types of investments. The benefit of single family, what I should say is there are many other benefits to student or to single family properties. It's just, there's typically not as much cash flow. Yeah, and and I think that's important too, to jump in like in relation to, you know, thinking about the long-term and thinking about the future is, you know, what are your goals, right? And like, I know that 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 question can get tossed out a lot. and sometimes it's tough to kind of figure out, well, you know, you know, like, what are my goals? What do I actually want for my life? It's something that we are all constantly working on um, if we're, you know, if we're trying to improve ourselves all the time. But really, like, what are your goals with investment real estate? You know, for some people, it's cool to have that equity build up. They want that net worth growth um, and they want cash flow, too, or they just want net worth growth or they just want cash flow. I think it's important to figure out where you lay. And it's cool to want both because, you know, real estate it tends to do that over time. It's a massive net worth grower, um, and it's also you know can produce cash flow. I think from the onset, when investing in single family, you're definitely going to have less cash flow, like at the beginning. And same and, and same with some multifamily properties too, depending on how rents are. You know, smaller multifamily properties, you know, because if rents are lower um, and you're buying a more aggressive market, then yeah, I mean the cash flow might be lower. But arguably speaking there's you know, more cash flow in multifamily or student properties or rooming houses or Airbnb, whatever, right? So I think it's important to figure out what are your goals with investment real estate, um, you know, the, in regards to cash flow and now worth growth over time, figure that out for yourself and then kind of work backwards to figure out if single family works really well for you. And then also taking into effect your lifestyle, right? If you're, if you're a busy person, I think overall, in regards to investment real estate, it's super important to hire property management, which we talked about that on the past episode. Ding, 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 just saying. Um, so you can check, <laughs> so the, so you can check for that episode on our thoughts on property management. 
but it's also figuring out your lifestyle because arguably speaking, uh, like let's just compare single family to student properties. Arguably speaking, single family properties is, is less hands-on than student properties. Now, you know, it depends on the property and tenant for sure, but that's just kind of a general statement. So if you're, if you're a busier individual and you work say 60, 70 hours a week, you're professional, whatever the case is, even if you don't work you know, like that many hours and you have a family, you want to spend time with them. It's just important to figure out your lifestyle and then reverse engineering it to the kind of investment class within real estate, right? I just find so many, I mean, like so many times an individual will just run into student properties and not realize the amount of attention that it needs. I understand you can hire a property manager, but sometimes there's, you know, there's still, there's still a lot going on that you need to be involved in, right? Single, single family property tends to be a lot more hands-off and can cater to, uh, like, in my, in my opinion, a greater percentage of investors because, you know, the majority of investors want it hands off. True. So, but the caveat there is less cash flow. Right. Just like Matt said. Yes. And I think a, a sort of minor point just to make on that too is cash flow on real estate generally tends to increase over time anyways, as I mean, if you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo market with us, you know that over the last two years, rents have definitely been increasing quite a bit where something that was 1,300 is now renting for 1,500 and you haven't had to do any work on it whatsoever. Yeah. So the owner of that property now has $200 a month more and typically your mortgage tends to get paid down over time, which is just kind of how they work. Yeah. So as rents tend, tend to go up, which they have been in our market and as mortgages get paid down, Generally speaking, your cash flow will be increasing over time. It's just mentally preparing yourself for probably not having much yeah. with a single family property. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And you touched on it. Will you self-manage the property or hire it out? This is just something that I think you should consider in general. And again, we have another episode on that. Yep. Um, and I think this, this is just a good point that I, that I wrote down here for this question is have you studied the local market? Generally, like if you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo market or any market, you know, knowing what's going on, what's driving employment, what's encouraging people to live here. Um, there's a lot of reports and articles out there that you can read on these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. People who spend, it's their full-time job to study this. Like yeah. uh, Rain is a great resource, R-E-I-N. Yeah. So, and then generally, once you start getting into neighborhoods for the single family property, this is big to consider too. What's the area like? So what's the transportation like, public transportation? Um, what are the jobs like in that area? Or are, is it mostly people commuting out of the area? Yeah. Are there schools? This type of information will definitely affect the type of tenant that you're going to be getting. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at a single family property, you're kind of buying, when you're buying the property, it's almost like you're buying the type of tenant that you're gonna get. Totally. Right? Yeah. So. It's like any property though, right? But it, it's for definitely, sure. it's super true for single family because yeah, I mean, you know, schools, the neighborhood that you're in is so important because if you're renting, say a detached home or, you know, a semi-detached or a townhouse in a family-oriented area, the kind of tenant that you're probably gonna get is somebody that has a kid or two and is gonna to need to put their kids in school, right? So thinking about that and having good schools is, I mean, I know it's kind of a no-brainer for, I mean, for a lot of people, but some people just overlook it. It's important, you know, to have those amenities, have good schools, uh, if that's important to you and the kind of tenant that you want to attract, right? And I think a lot of the times we're just so programmed, and I'm speaking for us, on like reverse engineering the kind of tenant that we want 
that you know we're kind of just working backwards because a lot of the times in real estate and i guess this is kind of a side rant but it does relate that you know we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot because we're buying properties that necessarily aren't aren't the kind of tenants that we actually want to have even though it might look good on paper we're not getting the tenants that we desire to have right so it's just stuff to look out for because if you're if you're investing in an area that is good schools you know good amenities is you know there's a fair amount of owner occupied homes in the area the chance of you getting a good tenant is you know just increases right that's it and a tenant that pays rent that pays good rent you know that's important stuff so yeah it's true but just like think for a second in your head about a neighborhood that you really like and then say there's a neighborhood that you don't like so much what are the factors actually break that down in your mm -hmm. mind and it's like why don't i like that area or why do i really like this area and odds are you really like an area because it's convenient yeah. you know it's like by the highway yeah exactly yeah. transportation's easy you can go buy stuff close by um uh, the other homes in the neighborhood look good so the, these are things and again to touch on your point too with uh not just looking at the deal on paper because a lot of deals can look really great on paper look amazing right and it's it's just considering the full picture of okay what neighborhood am i actually buying yeah. into is this neighborhood looking like it's going to be going up like going up in valley yeah. are they putting a school in the neighborhood is there a new mall going in yeah. like those kinds of things it was um a point that was i mean brought to us by by um by our extended family and mentors that have got us into investment real estate is is asking yourself the question before you even analyze the numbers on a deal um, is could I live here so I'm not married I don't have kids but I imagine if I was married and had a kid could I move into whatever I'm about to offer in like could I move in like tomorrow and if the answer is no then why would I buy something I wouldn't move into right and expect somebody yeah. else to live in it now I know you know that that might not always be the right way to look at things but I think you know if, if, if you're buying something that you would move into with your wife and your kid or your husband or whatever and you could move into it then i'd say okay now let's analyze the numbers now let's look at it like the majority of properties that like investors buy they can move into it so then they get great tenants right it's just it's kind of one way to look at it and it helps uh increase the likelihood of getting good tenants i found and i know we found that just by asking that simple question is could i live here Whatever I'm about to offer on, could I actually move into it? If the answer is no, it's not to say don't offer on it, but that could be a gauge for you to help increase, um, you know, uh, just a better performing property, right? To get a better tenant. It's true. Yeah, because you're a good person. If you would live there, then you're gonna get, you're gonna get a good person as a tenant. Yeah. Who's? It's just. And it's not it, like it's a 100%. Yeah, but it's not like a 100%. You ask this question. And you're gonna have it. I mean, you're gonna have the best experience. It's just right. all we're looking to do is just increase the, you know, the percentages of getting a good tenant, getting the most amount of rent, um, and getting and getting a tenant that pays monthly, that that consistently pays every month, right? Like I know that's a simple thing, but mm -hmm. for I mean, for a fair amount of investors, they struggle with getting that rent every month. Like we never had that. I'm not saying it's because of that question, but it's. It probably has a factor anyway, right? Plus, as an added bonus too, if you could live there, then who's saying that you might not in the future? Totally. As as life goes on, yep. maybe five years, ten years down in the road, down the road, you might actually want to move into that property. Yep. Potentially, depending life changes, or your, or your you children, know? or family, or your mom, or your dad, whatever, right? Like, yeah, is yeah. Anyways, yeah, kind of hit that over the head <laughs> with that point there. So yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. And then the the last point that I that I thought you should consider 
and this is kind of like the cherry on top is could you add value to the property so yeah. is there room to improve it just with basic renovations like is the kitchen super dated could you bump that up or thinking a little bit even further is could could you add another unit so mm -hmm. does the zoning there allow for other uses than what it's presently being used as so mm -hmm. if you're buying a bungalow in kitchener a lot of them you can actually convert them into a duplex yeah. so with keeping that in mind you know looking at the current use of the property seeing could i potentially improve that because then you're going to get a good uh, return on that typically and does the zoning allow for different things um this this could generally make the opportunity more appealing yeah and it's something to point out too it i think you have to have you know something that me i mean we're both working on having just you know more self-awareness on because a lot of investors say like the duplex conversion example right it's definitely more of a thing in the kitchener waterloo region to buy like buy a student family home and convert into a duplex it's definitely it's it's kind of like a it's super popular yeah right like it's super popular right now but i don't think everybody should be doing it <laughs> everybody that's talking about doing it and wanting to do it, i don't think everybody should do it because it's not it's not just okay we you know on closing we rent it out like it's okay now we have to do drawings have to get approved by the city go through this whole process renovate make sure we renovate it well make sure the contractors are on time make sure we have good contractors and good people doing the work like there's so much to it so i think it's it's important to have self-awareness on you know yeah it's good to have something that you can add value to but i guess what i'm getting at here is don't let that deter you from buying something in general right because if you can't find something that you can duplex and or you realize to yourself you know what maybe i should do a duplex conversion because i'm more hands-off there's nothing wrong with buying something that's done that's you know buying something that doesn't have potential upside right just buying you know a turnkey rental property and just renting out from day one like it's obviously nice that you know if you have the capabilities and you can do it buy something that you can add another unit and or renovate or whatever but i think um kind of what you don't want to get stuck in is is looking for that opportunity and it never comes along when you could have bought something else and get into the market right and we're speaking about you know the kitchener wildly market which has really low inventory right now it's very slim picking if you're in a different market and there's a lot more inventory then yeah i think it's different right but i think it's just important to have that self-awareness to realize you know you know like adding value and putting on two units on this property like yeah. yeah like come on like, you get caught no, up in that pretty quick yeah they like, never you, buy anything yeah and then you never buy anything because you have to add two units when realistically can you even do that like do you have the network to do that this isn't just you know this isn't just a walk in the park a lot of the times right like to organize all this is is, is tougher than people think right so just that self-awareness so i think we kind of wrapped up a lot of the major points yeah, that's it. on single family so at the end of the day um the question was i'm thinking to invest in single family property what do we need to consider we we ran through a bunch of points that we think are important they're definitely not all of them it's just something to kind of get your brain spinning on 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 the overall topic so i trust you guys enjoyed this episode any questions feel free to let us know in the comments below have yourself an awesome day take care